live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pat Militich, joined by my co-host Jeffrey Wilson for another episode of, well, this show has been basically a decade running, and we have had some some really amazing, very moving guests on this show. But today, we've got a gentleman who has been through a process in his life, uh, a process that I think a lot of us have, folks that that have been aware of kind of what's going on in the world and he's he's taken it upon himself to assist and change people's lives uh, for those of us again that that have thought the way we do in terms of freedom uh, freedom of speech freedom of thought and uh, our guest has founded the red balloon network which employs job placement for people who you know don't want to fear reprisal for the way that they think their freedom of thought their freedom of health um, freedom of religion all of the above that are so important to so many of us these days. And um, I want to introduce Andrew Krapuschetz. And Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today. And you've arrived at this spot with a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of ability to tie people together. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you, your own words, how you arrived at this spot in at this time in history. But thank yeah. you for asking, okay. well, Pat. Thanks, Pat. I'm and, doing uh, good, and, Pat. Your co-host is doing yeah. good. Thanks for asking how I am. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> just joking, buddy. I'll just ask. Jeffrey, how are you doing? <laughs> thank you, Andrew. I'm diving straight into it. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. That's right. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. All right. Well, uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice to talk to both of you and everyone listening. So, yeah, Andrew Krapschatz grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, kind of got tired of traffic and liberals 20 years ago, and so I moved up to Idaho and uh, live on 60 acres, uh, 10 minutes from the office, which is a really cool place to be. Um, and uh, But when I moved up to Idaho, I realized there weren't a lot of good jobs because uh, it's a smaller rural town. And I know that a vocation is such an important part of who a person is. And so if they can have a good job where they can support their family, where they can make the lifestyle choices that they want to, it really has a huge impact on their family, on their tra- family trajectory. And so I kind of took it upon myself to how do I create jobs? And I didn't want to create jobs with the normal government oversight and chambers of commerce and stuff like that. Like, no, you should create jobs as an entrepreneur. You should uh, take it upon yourself, use your wealth, use your skills, uh, to bless other people. And if you do that with jobs, sometimes you can actually create some wealth for yourself, lo and behold. So um, I have started a whole bunch of businesses here in Idaho, uh, 3D printing business, student information system business, started a labor market data business. And labor market data is basically economic, so it's the dismal science and it sounds miserable to focus on labor market data. But my thesis was that you have a lot of information on your your phone on where you're going to go to dinner tonight, where you're going to go on vacation, uh, how much you can afford for a mortgage for your house, right? There's a lot of decision-ready information on your phone, but not a ton of information about your career or about your education, about what you should do with your life that is going to be the most productive path for you to uh, bless your family, bless your community, and use your skills that you've been given to bless as many other people as possible. So uh, we developed uh, really some fascinating labor market data that uh, we produced over a billion data points per month 
on the U.S. labor market, and then we expanded to other countries. And I was able to build this to, you know, $50 million tech business, um, delivering this data at scale to a lot of organizations. This was really cool. It was really fun. Uh, That's the good news. Uh, The bad news is I sold the company a number of times, which is fun because you get a big check. The bad news is you lose control. And so about two years ago, uh, the current board uh, decided that I was a little too conservative and Christian for their liking. And even though the company was growing 25% a year, had a 40% margin, and was, you know, we were um, developing a ton of really cool technology, they decided they were going to go a different direction for CEO. Um, and just for, for those of you who haven't been a CEO, they don't fire you. They just say, we're going to go a different direction, and they give you a promotion to, like, board advisor or something like that. So uh, I found myself delightfully unemployed, even though I was a board advisor. They didn't really want me around. So I thought, well, if this happened to me, I wonder if this is going to happen to a lot of other Americans who are going to have to decide between their values and their job. And so that's when I started talking to people all over the country and finding that a lot of Americans are kind of dealing with this where they are told, keep your head down. Don't post that on social media. You need to be afraid. You need to self-censor or else you're going to have the the HR boogeyman come after you. Hmm. And so – um, that's what I started to focus on. Uh, how do we help those people be in a position where they can be free at work? Because, you know, all that work that I did on vocation and thinking about people's trajectory, um, how do they live a prosperous life? Well, a lot of that comes down to being free at work. So that's where redballoon.work came from. Uh, it's called Red Balloon because if you've ever been on a hot air balloon, it's a little bit terrifying and a lot bit fun, kind of like looking for a job and mm-hmm. uh, red because people are looking for red states or red regions of blue states or red businesses where they can just live their values out loud and be free. And so and it's called dot work because dot com sounded a little bit too much like communist to me and <laughs> I want to get back to work. So Red Balloon dot work. Uh, we are now the nation's leading pro freedom job board. And um, it has been a really fun adventure. But anyway, there you go. There's my story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, it's 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 a beautiful journey you've been on. And and so when we talk about red states, we know that there are obviously large pockets of blue within those red states, mainly in the major cities, things like that. But in the digital world, how can we stop you know a lot of the the intrusion into and controlling our freedoms through digital means? How 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 can we in, in the simplest terms, you're explaining to cavemen when it comes to digital. How can we best protect ourselves in, in this world monetarily? You know, we know where they're trying to head anyway. You know, what, what do you foresee in the future with a lot of that? Yeah, it's a tricky question, a deep question. Um, the, the reality is that most people don't realize how reliant their business is, how reliant their just life is on a lot of uh, large technology companies that are either in the pocket of the government um, or are working with the government or are um, have a worldview where they do not want you to disagree with them. And I'll pick on Amazon and their AWS services. If you are on AWS services, Amazon Web Services, then they have a lot of information on you. They have the ability, like they did with Parler. One of my good friends was the COO of Parler. Uh, And he started the day that they got canceled. And I would remind everybody that Parler got canceled by Amazon, Apple, and Google. Those are three arch rivals in the tech space. Those are three huge arch rivals in the tech space. I mean, you think about Google has Android. Apple hates Android. Like, they do not work well together until they decide they need to coordinate their effort to pull Parler off the uh, globe. Mm. And so the three of them, Amazon, Google, and Apple, work together on one day to pull the plug on 
parlor. And so my encouragement to people is there is a parallel economy or a freedom economy or whatever you want to call it that's springing up all around us. And there are opportunities to look for businesses that will protect your freedom and who will not um, harvest data from you in the same way. Um, and while it is hard to get off an Apple iPhone or a Google Android phone, there are a lot of other alternatives out there that I would encourage people to look at. So if you are on Amazon Web Services, well, you should be looking at things like Liberation Technologies, who has a lot of the same services. Uh, they're not quite up to uh, up to par with Amazon, but you're going to be free, and they're going to be uh, protect your freedom and your data, um, and that's kind of a priority for them. Whereas Amazon, it's not. And so, um, part of it is just understanding what tech stack you're on, uh, what you're using today, um, and um, and then on the mon on the monetary side, man, that is that is is a tough one. Obviously, I'm focused on jobs, and um, I wouldn't consider myself an expert there. That being said, um, I put a lot of my investment in local property, uh, local buildings that are generating rent, because that's a lot easier way to uh, to control your finances than having a 401k that the government might decide they want to tax to death at some point. Well, even without even being like a financial expert, which I know I'm not, and I know Pat's not, this this what we're seeing with the dollar and these BRICS nations moving away from the dollar, and this conversation about CBDC, the central bank digital currency, which in and of itself is absolutely insane. We don't have any anonymous transactions. It, it, the money they can put in, they can take out with the digitization of our medical records. Nope, you can't buy Twinkie. You, you can't buy you know this or that because you know anyway. It seems like that's where it's going, and then it's tied to your, your social credit score, and then we see that that's what they're doing in the CCP. Is this a certain inevitability? Because we've always talked about wherever kind of the, the globalists are going, we need to create these breakaway civilizations, these communities that you're kind of embracing. But um, where do you see this going, the ubiquitous nature of a possible CBDC making cash almost illegal or erroneous to some degree, getting back to like a barter system possibly? Yeah. Right. I think there's barter systems. I mean, you know, I was just talking to some good friends. I, I think that people are going to push back on this and they're going to create other avenues for people to go. I don't think it's going to have to turn into, you know, here are nine chickens for my cell phone um, barter system. <laughs> right. Um, that's going to be very difficult, that uh, that process. But like uh, um, good friends of mine I was talking to yesterday, they started Old Glory Bank and basically they bought an old bank. They turned it into an alternative bank. Um, and they're going to have old glory pay, which is effectively like PayPal or Venmo or Cash App, where basically um, you can do a transaction directly with a person through their bank um, and not use some of the other currencies. Are they still on dollars? Yes, they are. Um, and so uh, are they going to look for ways to be able to do that transaction using Bitcoin or some other currency? Um, I think they are. But in the meantime, as long as you're not using Wells Fargo Bank um, or some other evil bank, I think that you have a, a better chance of surviving at least in the short term getting rid of cash obviously is something that we should all fight to the death to have not happen yeah because um it is really really important to have that uh currency autonomy and be able to um you know control things in that way uh, but i do think that there will be a robust alternative economy even in the monetary system that will start to spring up um, there will be bumps along the way that are going to be painful but I'm an eternal optimist. I see really good things coming out of this cancel culture, out of this woke ideology. For sure. Um, and, and I'm hoping that, that this alternative economy provides enough avenues that there's um, just makes it extremely difficult for them to um, shut us down in the way that I think they'd like to. 
and definitely, I mean, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. I think people like you are clapping back to this, you know, cultural Marxist, this, this woke ideology, which is just, I mean, next level as we've seen over right. the years. So it's, I mean, again, it's really cool that people like yourself and others who are embracing this kind of, I guess, n- next phase, if you will, of the people who are reacting to um, whatever the, whatever this is they're calling it, like, well, whatever it is, but it's... Uh, it's- well, yeah, wh- whatever they want to call it. I mean, the reality is I was talking to a small construction company in Texas, and he said he described his business as freedom-loving and God-fearing. And Indeed.com called him up and said, hey, you have a job posting on our site, and you're not allowed on our site because you describe your business that way. It's a violation of our community standards, which is absolutely ridiculous that freedom-loving or God-fearing would um, cause a violation of community standards for Indeed.com. But his response is, well, great, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm not going to – because they were trying to push him to say, can you describe your business differently? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that, but I am going to go find another place to post my jobs. I'm going to find another place to work because there are people that want my services. There are people that want to work for me, and I'm not going to self-censor because you're going to pull me off your platform. And that's where it's really nice to have the alternative. And my encouragement to people listening is go and find those alternative businesses, you know, whether it's Red Balloon or Public Square or Old Glory Bank or Liberation Technologies. As you start to use those services, you're going to make those businesses stronger so that um, when you are canceled or when you are told to censor yourself or they're trying to censor you, you have an alternative because you help support those businesses. And so think of it as security to put your money your time and your effort into this alternative economy because as it grows up around you, then you're not beholden to the people who just simply hate your worldview and want you to be a submissive person who does what they say. Yes. So when we talk about the different categories, you know, Jeff and I have talked about the systems a lot, the systems that have been been put in place, the monetary system, the education system, the health systems, you know, on down the line, you know, these are all and information systems, you know, where, you know, real information, truth uh, is suppressed, you know, and in, in categorically everywhere. But, you know, these, I'm guessing, are strong points of yours with folks who, you know, in the information industry um, are, are wanting to hire people who think like they do, who want to get people real information or real medical help. You know, there's a lot of great doctors and nurses out there who, you know, chose to quit their jobs, chose right. to walk away instead of getting the, you know, the, the injections and they're looking for jobs. They're looking for what homeopathic doctors or chiropractors or whoever, uh, who, who will give them employment. Correct. That's right. That's right. And we have a lot of chiropractors on uh, RedBalloon.work, And it is interesting because if you look at the data, um, the number of unfilled jobs in the medical industry, and this is the whole medical industry. This is not just doctors, this is doctors, nurses, the whole uh, stack of employment for the medical industry. If you look at it, um, when the pandemic hit, there was about, or the pandemic, however we want to talk about it, um, uh, when it hit in uh, 2020, there was about 1.2 million unfilled jobs in America for those positions, right? These are job postings with companies that are just looking to fill those open positions. As you accelerate through the year, through 2020, and you get to January of 2021, um, you would expect that that number would change, but it actually didn't change because a lot of these medical personnel, they really believed in um, trying to help people. And so they stuck with, you know, the 12 hour jobs and the hard shifts. And I talked to a lot of nurses at redbloom.work where I remember one in Boston, she said, I used to be a hero where I would come out of a 12 hour day taking care of patients. I'd be in my scrubs and like people on the street would clap for me and thank me and all this stuff. Right. Then we decide, Hey, let's have a vaccine mandate. 
Um, and she said, I went from the absolute hero to the absolute villain because I would I had some questions about this vaccine. It didn't make sense to me. Right. And so she gets um, unceremoniously fired from her job that she had held for many, many years. And she wasn't alone uh, because she would not bend the knee and take this vaccine that she had some questions about. But what's interesting is that 1.2 million unfilled jobs when the vaccine mandate hit the medical industry and the one the Supreme Court said, well, everybody else could be um, immune from this uh, mandate. But the medical people who know the most, who have the most education, they're not allowed to be. Um, well, what happened is you start to see 100,000 new unfilled jobs in the medical space in America every single month. And we went from 1.2 to 2 million unfilled jobs in that space. And so a lot of people like and this is not, you know, this is just a reminder to people, because I think that the mainstream media wants us all to believe that we're the only ones that think the way that we do. And we're all idiots. Mm -hmm. But the reality is 100,000 of people a month were opting out. Medical personnel were opting out of the system where they were being asked to do something that they thought was wrong. Right. And so it's a scale that the media is not going to want to talk about, but we're not alone. We are the silent majority. And a lot of these medical personnel have been able to find jobs through Red Balloon and others. But it is there, there are opportunities. There are opportunities for people to look for work. And look, if you're an employer out there and you want someone who is going to be a good fit for you, if you're a doctor, if you're a chiropractor and you're saying, you know what, I want a nurse who's not going to be constantly pushing on uh, the latest political agenda, but one who's thinking clearly and doing good stuff. Uh, that's the, the those are the type of people that we have on redballoon.work because you don't want someone who is a bad cultural fit, who has cultural C4 strapped to their chest as they come into your office or your uh, workplace. Cultural right? C4. That is, that's yeah, good. you don't. You do not want that person, um, and it's terrifying. If you hire them off an Indeed or ZipRecruiter, you might get that person. At redballoon.work, you're going to find hardworking conservatives who want to do good work, who believe in capitalism, who want to make you money, but are also going to be thinking clearly about some of the stupid things that's happening in the world today. When especially like in the medical field, people who rejected this just based off of concerns, but now however many years later, we're seeing, you know, the, the ill effects, the adverse effects of this of this vaccine. And so they don't seem so crazy anymore. Now people are actually embracing it. And That's right. The fear has somewhat worn off. But now we've had enough hindsight of the last few years of watching people. Just like I've said this many times on the show, me personally, one of the eight billion out here has had, whoa, three, four friends or family members have a stroke. Or something like that. So that's just me, one person, let alone these other, right. you know, so it's the information is way out there now. So like I said, those people don't seem so crazy anymore. But that's no. not stopping the companies from still running there. Get your booster, get your vaccine still, which is just amazing to me that those commercials still are out there. Oh, I know. And there's a, a billboard here in Moscow, Idaho, and say, like, choose to be vaccinated. I'm like, really? Um, and in fact, I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a, uh, in the, in the, uh, the heart of the excitement or the, I'll say the, the panic around this vaccine, um, uh, because a red balloon, we're like, look, we believe that people should have a conversation with their doctor, not their HR department about what they put in their body. <laughs> yes. And so like that, that doesn't seem that revolutionary, but evidently it was. So I get this call and I had an interview with the Associated Press and she just thought I was the craziest person ever to think this. Um, uh, in the middle of this crazy time and she ends this call. She's like, are you vaccinated? And I'm like, for what? She's like, what do you mean for what? You know exactly what I'm talking about. She's a very angry, um, Karen type of person. Uh, and I said, so it used to be that that was a wildly inappropriate question. Yeah. Something like, what if I said, hey, um, how's your rash? Do you have a bad rash right now? 
like you would consider that a weird question. And so I'm not going to answer, um, even though, no, I'm not, but that's not any of your business. Um, and yes, you would think that people would be thinking clearly, but there are still a lot of businesses around America today that are requiring some form of COVID vaccine to be able to keep your job. So it is, it is crazy to me that that's still the case, but it is. So that's why redballoon.work is still growing. And we're growing like 100% a quarter right now, which is super exciting and not relaxing. And well, and even not even not even uh, jobs. They've put it on the schedule for kids to go to school now. It's That's right. I mean, that's again, doubling down on the insanity, but I mean, it, it's just next level what's happening. Still. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um, and I hope that people are going to wake up. Now there's some silver lining from this. <laughs> Um, there were a lot of conservatives that I think were just trying to keep their head down. Uh, people, you know, I wouldn't say I was trying to keep my head down, but I was definitely redeployed during this whole time period to do something else to help bless this nation. Um, and, you know, Donald Trump Jr. made an investment in Red Balloon because he believed in what we're doing. He's like, look, if people can be free at work, they're going to be more likely to be free in other parts of their lives. And so it is actually important for America for Red Balloon and companies like it to survive and do well because we need to have this parallel economy so that we're not so beholden to people. So it really um, – it uh, COVID was such an accelerator. It made a lot of people think clearly about stuff, yeah. and all of a sudden um, you see this freedom economy blossoming all around us that wasn't there two and a half years ago but is now starting to uh, really gain some traction. And so there are some positives even if uh, it really has been a, a ridiculous and mind-numbing couple of years. You know, and it's it's interesting because now I recall back to almost the beginning of the lockdowns. There was a group out in northern Idaho that actually offered me a home, free food, and they wanted to pay me a salary to come out and teach. Well, it was basically going to be self-defense and martial arts for all the children in this area. And they were going to call it gym class, you know, homeschooling yeah. for, for all of their kids. And they wanted me to come out to do that. I wasn't quite ready for that, that type of transition at the time, but I have to be honest with you. It's, you know, that talk about freedom, that, that wasn't you know, one, one hell of a, an offer from those folks. And they were very, very like-minded folks, I can tell you. But, you know, when we talk about the education system, you know, the homeschooling, the uh, private schooling and you know, all those sort of things, that category is obviously covered by Red Balloon as well. Yeah, absolutely. We just uh, helped place the headmaster in a classical Christian school up in Alaska. Um, and I think that is another one of the silver linings is a lot of people realize what the public school system was doing with their kids, what they were trying to uh, push. And um, because they came home and they're like, oh, my word, I got to get my kids out of here. I didn't realize they're pushing this trans stuff or any of these other uh, woke ideologies down the throat of my children. And I don't want that anymore. And so that also is a silver lining is that it, it forced a lot of parents to think more deeply about the education of their kids, about how they can um, um, provide them an alternative to the public school system. And that has been a good thing or push back against the public school system. And some of the you know things that are happening in Florida and other where they're um, saying, no, you can't push this ideology anymore on our kids. It's wrong. Um, and it is wrong. So so there are some silver linings, even if it, again, <laughs> has been a rough two and a half years. What, what do you yeah, well, we talk about sorry. the education system, yeah. the, the suppression, the real suppression of history. You know, when we talk about, you know, transgenderism, you know, we know that, you know, because of my, I guess, diverse hist history of, you know, recognizing how to heal myself and then recognizing yeah. how to create athletes who could do things nobody else could, 
not just because of what I was teaching them, but because what I was telling them and teaching them to put in their bodies where their endurance would go through the roof, that they could do things and wake up the next day and not be sore and do it again and again and again and get more intense. Um, that the chemicals in our environment um, and the chemical companies, then when we go back in time to you know uh, Weimar Germany in the 1930s, for instance, that there was a huge explosion in transgenderism. There was a huge explosion in disease. That that you know all of these things were used to weaken the citizenry, to make them vulnerable, to scare them. You know all of these things, and then we fast forward and we see the same thing, to you know, to our horror, that the school board say in Bettendorf, Iowa, where I'm from, is pushing the transgenderism. They're complicit in crimes that not only the chemical poisoning of these children through our environment, through our crops, through, you know, what's ended up in the water, our food, everything else. Um, and then, you know, sick children are then given, you know, hormone blockers and, and, uh, by, by health providers, so to speak, you know, all of these things that are happening. And when we know real history, that that's being hidden, not only from, you know, the, the kids, but from the parents and dare I say, most of the educators and the school boards, um, are either oblivious to this history themselves or they're just complicit in these crimes because they're being paid well. Well, and these parents, before yeah. you answer, Andrew, these parents who, I mean, again, this is part of the inversion of reality, these parents who are clapping back and like, no, you're not teaching this, you know, porn and crap to my kid. They actually get designated as possible domestic terrorists. Like, that's, that's insane right. to me, dude. But now protecting our children, we can disagree politically or whatever, but if, we, if we we're going to speak out and try to protect our children, you're going to call me a freaking terrorist because of that? That's next level, man. That's Banana Republic type stuff. Oh yeah, no, we uh, we definitely live in the Banana Republic in a lot of ways. Um, but here's a here's a I guess a positive story. A good friend of mine was a doctor. He was at a hospital, and the hospital was starting to do these transgender surgeries. And he, Christian man, was like, I I this goes against my moral standing. I'm we're really not willing to do this. I'm not willing to prescribe uh, puberty blockers to these people. Um, it's just wrong. And so uh, he ended up losing his job. Right. And this is where I think a lot of conservatives or at least just, you know, whether you're conservative or just a clear thinking person, you need to be willing. You, you always need to know where the line in the sand is so that when you get there, you're not making a decision of whether this is really the line you wanted to cross or not. You need to have already made that decision so that you um, have a battle plan. Right. Well, yeah. in the moment, it's really hard to make the right decision. So. Um, he was basically told, you need to be helping with these transgender surgeries. Um, or And he was like hospitalist of the year, and the whole hospital loved him. And he is like, you know what, I hate this because I love this job, but I'm going to stand up. I'm going to quit very publicly because I know that when – when someone has courage, they give courage to other people, right? When we and we and we know that all the time, we see that. And he just basically said, "I cannot do this. I would rather my family live on baked potatoes and live in a small house than for me to do something that goes against my conscience." Well, he has now started to direct primary care uh, as a doctor here in town, and it's amazing. Uh, my family doesn't use health insurance; we use him, and for two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Um, basically he covers almost everything except for catastrophic stuff. Like my son, you know, cut open his head doing something stupid, probably something I would have done. And, you know, we go in there and he's like, okay, we're going to need two internal stitches and eight external stitches, but we're going to be good to go. We do the whole thing. And I'm like, all right, what do I owe you? He's like, no, it's just part of the service. Well, our family is now being deeply blessed because he took that stand because he said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. You know, whether you're that parent 
who feels like you need to stand up to that school board and they might call you a domestic terrorist. But at the end of the day, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to steal our our uh, our our wills and our consciences and say, look, we're going to do the right thing no matter what it costs us. And often those stories turn out way better than you think they will. Um, and his family's now totally squared away and he's able to work with his kids at the direct primary care place. And so that would be my encouragement to everyone. Don't don't sit and worry about it. Go do something, yeah. because if you do something and we all do something, well, lo and behold, I think we're going to have a better country and a better place for our kids. I think you're right. Like The courage is contagious. And literally, the, the only way all of this stuff is able to happen is our participation in it. And they use this trauma, fear-based conditioning to keep us in that fear mode, to keep us from standing up or speaking out. And again, what you're doing and what other people like you are doing, it's game-changing stuff. It might not, I mean, history will smile upon people like you as it, when, it, when it all plays out. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. people aren't standing for this, man. Yeah, no, I hope so. I mean, every, every good book any of us have ever read, the person who, uh, you know, whether it's Lord of the Rings, you're talking, hearing about Frodo or whatever, whoever goes to Mordor is usually the main character in the book and everyone remembers. Nobody remembers the hobbits that stay back in the Shire. So, right. uh, you know, and I'm not encouraging everyone to go to Mordor. We don't all have to do that. It's the hero's journey, but man. The hero's journey. You, if you stand up, you do something. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, you know, Pat, we all know about Pat because, uh, you know, he has put himself through incredible physical, uh, emotional, pushed himself. Uh, and because of that, you know, um, he has done great things, not only for himself, but for other people. And so that's my encouragement to everybody. If we, you know, um, imagine a better version of yourself and then go do it. Well, and this is why I'm so glad to have, I say this to Pat all the time, and I'm so thankful to have hooked up with Pat. Like nothing changes if nothing changes. And you can't change a problem unless you recognize there is a problem so that's why i'm glad to do shows like this hopefully later on down the line the got truth tours we can go around to these places and actually speak to our fans speak to our listeners and have these conversations and listen to what they're going through and what they've been pushing back upon but again i mean we we have to just continue to get the information out there because nothing changes if you know people don't recognize that there is a problem that needs to be changed and there definitely is a problem yeah i totally agree well the the Red Balloon Network giving people hope. I mean, that just just giving people hope. That is in itself massive. It is. Because there's a lot of people out there who, you know, have lost hope. They've lost um, passion. They've lost, you know, reason. You know, the the you know, the things that surround us, the bad news constantly being pounded at us, you know, the yeah. uh, it's it's we're all we're all weak. We're all gonna get sick. We're all this, we're all that. There are alternatives. There are ways to stay healthy. There are ways to get employment where people aren't going to fire you simply because of what you believe. You know, all of these things are super important for people to have avenues of hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, part of the reason I'm focused on jobs and I'm glad that, you know, each of us have our area where we're focused on. And I love that you're focusing on people's health, on people's, you know, health and well-being is really important. I wanted to focus on jobs because for a lot of conservatives, if you are canceled from Facebook or uh, from, you know, used to be Twitter and you'd kind of shrug it off because it's not that big a deal. But if you're canceled from your ability to feed your kids, to pay your mortgage, to live your life because you're um, you're being threatened that you're going to lose your job if you don't compromise in this way or that way. Well, that is a very powerful and tempting uh, for conservatives to say, you know what, I need to compromise on this because I need to feed my family. I remember I talked to a gentleman um, actually in Minneapolis. He said, uh, he said, I just heard about Red Balloon today and I, I unfortunately got the vaccine yesterday and I just feel dirty inside. 
because I knew I shouldn't have done it. Mm. But I thought I got to feed my family. I got to pay my bills. Right. And so they knew that that was a very powerful motivation for a lot of people to maybe go against something that they felt was right or wrong. Right. And so um, and so that's why we need to get the word out about things like Red Balloon, things like what you guys are doing, where like you can be healthy. You don't have to, um, you know, only eat the food that they tell you to eat. You can you can think about your own health. You can you can take responsibility for the health of your family. And when people realize those things and they know about that, well, then they're they're in a far better spot. And so that's what we want to see. You know, and that's the thing when you talk about people's health that, you know, a person which there are millions across this country now, and it's growing more and more and more as the truth comes out, people who are terrified because they did get those vaccines, right? Now, through throughout a lot of years of, of speaking with very intelligent people, uh, that all of the damage that has been done with, whether it's all vaccines, just these vaccines, uh, the chemicals in our environment, all these things that have altered our DNA, altered our cellular and mitochondrial health, our gut bacteria, all of those things can be reversed through now the, you know, the medical professionals, the scientific professionals are now admitting that high-grade concentrated antioxidant substances, 100% plant-based concentrated substances, literally have the power to not only clean your cells out, fix your mitochondrial and cellular function, but go into the nucleus and fix your DNA. They finally have come up and admitted that. So there is hope for all of those people out there that are listening to this and all the people within the red balloon network, uh, you know, seeking jobs that you, you can, you can correct all of it. You can literally correct all of it. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's, you know, that that's, that's the thing that we have recognized is that basically our creator, no matter who you believe who that is or what that is, has created substances that are far more powerful and will always overpower whatever it is, is created in laboratories can always do it. Yep. No, I totally agree. And that's uh, this is where I'm an, I'm an optimist. There's a lot of bad things in the world, whether it's the monetary system, whether it's the the health issues, whether it's the you know health insurance um, industry, uh, it's the, the growth of government. All these things are true. But I'd remind everyone that, um, you know, we are we are not put here with no options. We're put here yes. uh, to work, to work hard. Um, and to find the options that are going to be a blessing to our family. Don't just sit on your couch and wring your hands and watch Fox News. Go do something. And if you do that, then you're going to be in a far better spot. Yeah, like lead, by, yeah. lead by example. Well, and like yep, you said absolutely. earlier, courage, courage is contagious. So is fear. Fear is contagious, but courage is as well. And it's really, as I'm sitting here thinking about that, and I know there's hundreds of thousands of people who wound up having to take that job to make that decision. Like you said, I got to provide for my family. And we interviewed a gentleman, uh, whatever, and whatever. Anyway, we interviewed a gentleman who was going through some pretty serious stuff with his with his uh, business partner. He had to miss his mother's funeral because of you know had to make that decision because he was in a fight to keep his business open. And if he went to the funeral, anyway, it's it's just heartbreaking to think of these different, very difficult decisions that people are making to keep their keep food on their table, keep their lives going. Yeah, anyway. big time, big time. Um, so that's my encouragement. Come to Red Balloon, redballoon.work. Um, there are jobs that are being added every day. There are businesses. Um, and, you know, a lot of businesses that I talk to, they're terrified of the hiring process because if you have the wrong questions in that interview process, you're going to get yourself a lawsuit. And if you don't ask those questions, you might get a 
um, a again that you know cultural C4 walking in your door, <laughs> uh, they're going to be a bad culture fit for your company, and the cost of a bad hire is pretty significant. Yeah. And so uh, that's what Red Balloon does is you know that you're going to get values aligned people who just want to show up and work. We also will actually take on the hiring process for you. So if you want us to run the first cultural interview for you, uh, if you want us to help write job postings and screen candidates and source candidates. Um, you know, we are striving to help the small businesses that are the lifeblood of America have access to the right talent so that we can redeem the world of work. And if we can do that at scale, you think mm. about um, what impact that will have on this country. That's big time. Andrew, now what you just mentioned there is super, super important as far as background checks. So we know that there are a lot of companies out there that do background checks, go to people's social media, see what kind of things they're posting firing people for what they post on social media as well, not just what they believe. So is there a process in this where you can do background checks and make sure the person you're hiring actually does believe in freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of health, you know, all those, all those sort of things. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the vast majority of the people on redballoon.work are going to be those job seekers are going to be that, but then we can provide a next, a next level of service for these businesses where we actually, again, write your help, write your job posting. We post it. We actually proactively go out and reach out to people that might be a good fit. Um, and then we do that first cultural interview and you'd be surprised what you're allowed to ask people in an interview. And for a small business who doesn't do a lot of reps, right? If you don't have a lot of reps in interviewing and hiring people, um, it's just terrifying. And because we literally do hundreds and hundreds of interviews um, every single month here at Red Balloon, we have a, a fantastic system to be able to screen people. We also look at you know, where they stand on things like social media. We can help do a real background check if you want to look for criminal records. So we can we can basically take over a lot of this hiring process for you so that you know with the blessed assurance that the person that you're talking to, by the time you're actually sitting in an interview, you know that they have not only a skill fit, but they have a culture fit, and they're going to help push your uh, business to a better spot, which is really fun. And, you know, we actually started this process for uh, Louder with Crowder, Steven Crowder called me up and he's like, look, Andrew, I don't know how to hire. Um, I want you guys to help um, with this process as they're, you know, they're growing their organization very fast. There's a million things they need to do. They needed someone that they could trust, that they could uh, know that the people coming inside their door are not there to actively try and destroy their business. In fact, um, we had another business we were talking with that I'm not going to mention their name, but they hired a head of customer service who actually was trying to uh, actively destroy their business. So they were uh, leaking information about the business to their competitors. They were hiring liberals to try and degrade the level of service. I mean, it was amazing that someone has the time and energy to try and use their job to destroy a business that cares about America. And so that's where Red Balloon's going to uh, help you out there so you don't get in that spot. Well, and that's a beautiful thing that, that we know that we know the way the enemy thinks that they will literally it, it, they don't care if they go down with it. They just want everybody to be in a spot of misery as well. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how they think, unfortunately, instead of, you know, trying to help the people who are around to raise all ships. That's the way we like to think. And so, you know, Andrew, in closing, before we let you go again, uh, the CEO of Red Balloon Network, uh, by all means, give any information where people can track you down, uh, find you on social media, and also make those connections with with employers or employees uh, that, yeah. that you've set up. Yeah, I would encourage people to go to redballoon.work. It's not .com, not .org. It's redballoon.work, W-O-R-K. 
and you're going to find a lot of resources there. There's things like the Employee Bill of Rights and Responsibilities, which is a free resource that anybody can download um, and understand what your rights and responsibilities are at work so that you can push back against maybe crazy mandates you have coming down your throat. So there's a lot of resources there for job seekers. You can look for jobs. If you're a business, this is where you should be looking for your next employee because we're going to, um, and we are growing rapidly. We are uh, adding jobs all the time, but we actually right now have way more job seekers than we have jobs, even in this tight labor market. So if you're an employer, it's the right place to go. So redballoon.work. You can also follow us on all the social media platforms, the woke ones and the non-woke ones, um, at Red Balloon Work. Um, and we would love to have you, your support. Uh, we'd love to have you participate in this movement because that's what it is. We're, we're bringing freedom to the workplace and we're doing it at scale. Um, and you have an opportunity to really bless your business, bless your family by joining what we're doing. So redballoon.work and uh, Pat and Jeffrey, uh, Jeff, uh, I'm just grateful to be on the show, grateful to uh, get to talk to both of you. This has been really fun. Well, and I thank you so much for your time. And we talk about it all the time. I mean, it has been daunting these last few years, and I'm not even going to lie. I've I've kind of felt that kind of black pilled, like it's for, all bad because it's just so crazy. I mean, come on, they just found freaking coke at the White House. Like, what's going on right now? But at the end of the day, you're being the change <laughs> you want to see in the world, and that's what we need people to do: be the change because nothing changes if nothing changes. And so, I can't thank you enough, man. You are not to sound corny, but you're doing the Lord's work, bro. And we need more like you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, love love working with like-minded people like yourself. So if there's anything I can do for you guys, please let me know. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And for my co-host, Jeffrey Wilson, and our lovely guest, as Jeffrey said, doing God's work, Andrew Kapuschetz, thank you very much from Red Balloon Network for joining us and enlightening people. We're certainly going to be steering people your direction. Well, thank you very much, and you guys have a great day. And definitely want to get you back thank on you. as as the company grows and as this service grows. We definitely want to get you back on to, to check your progress, man. Yeah, let's do it. I'd love to. Coolio, thank you.